Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Ken Sanginario. Ken, you are the founder of Corporate Value Metrics, and you are found on the web at corporatevalue.net. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Josh. Josh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So give us an overview. What does uh, corporate, uh, corporate Value Metrics do? Well, our primary product and service is we developed a software platform going on 11 years ago now with many releases since then, but it's a, it's a value creation software platform, the first and most sophisticated and robust of its kind in the world, I believe, um, to help private companies actually be able to control the value of their, of their companies. And uh, it's designed to help companies to double or triple their value over a three to five year period. And it's been tested now, it's being used all around the country and outside of the country. And uh, so that's that's our primary uh, product that we offer. Well, that doesn't sound like a bad value proposition. <laughs> We're going to increase the value. Now, is there a certain threshold at which um, this would be appropriate? Like, do we are we able to operate? Are you able to operate the SMB level, or is this kind of start you get to mid tier and above? Or well, we have several. We have three tiers of the software, so. <laughs> There's a lighter tier for companies that we say are in the micro market, five million and below in annual mm-hmm. revenue. Wow. And then we have a growth, we have a middle tier called the growth tier, which is for companies between five and say 15 million in revenue. And then the the high end, the accelerator tier is for companies that are anywhere from 15 million up to a couple hundred million in revenue. So it really can uh flex with the size of the company and we have different industry editions of it that are specific to different industries and and lots of features and functionalities so it's uh yeah it's it's a it's a very versatile platform yeah okay so take us help us understand what are the principles if someone is looking to increase their valuation like where do we start i i suspect it's perhaps a little bit of a measure twice, cut once, but I'm just guessing. Well, it does start with a diagnostic. It's an enterprise-wide diagnostic. It covers about 50 categories of, of a company. And these are standard categories across any company, any size, any industry. And they represent the fundamentals of any, of any business in building a business to be able to support Uh, aggressive, profitable growth going forward. And the mistake that uh, I've learned, uh, I spent 18 years turning around distressed companies, um, largely as an interim CEO or chief restructuring officer, developing and executing turnaround strategies over longer, uh, you know, anywhere from six to 18 months, and then selling or recapitalizing the company on the back end. And what I learned from those 18 years was that uh, many companies get into trouble because they think that 
revenue growth and profitability growth are drivers unto themselves. And they go about growing their companies all the wrong ways. And they actually, in many cases, um, not only do they not create value, they actually erode value. And in, in a lot of the turnaround and distressed situations that I was involved with, um, what happened was the companies, they grew beyond their means and they actually imploded. And so I, I call uh, that growing for broke. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, what I learned was that if they, instead of trying to focus on revenue and profitability directly, focus mm. on all of the underlying qualitative attributes of the company that lead to the, the, the real growth, the, the value creating growth and value creating mm. profitability. So those are results, they're not drivers. And that's, that's the underpinning of the whole software platform that we have is let's find out where the real root causes are, where the re real root problems, the weaknesses, the constraints, the blind spots. And there are blind spots in every company. And we find every company that comes through our process is imbalanced in some way. And they don't realize that the weaker areas of their businesses are the constraints. And if they continue to try to grow and allocate the resources in areas where they're already strongest, which is usually the case because those are their comfort zones, they end up putting more pressure on the weaker areas, just like a chain. You know, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. And if they continue to pull on the chain, they're putting more pressure on the weaker areas. So we figured out a way to very efficiently identify where those weak areas are create a roadmap for the company to strengthen those, alleviate those constraints, build better balance in their company. That usually takes 12 to 15 months. Uh, and then sort of grow the whole company in, in overall quality in unison over the sub subsequent, you know, two or three or five years. And that leads to the doubling and tripling of the value yeah. of the company. And the beauty of it is it's all controllable by the business owner. It's not... It's not some outside external economic factor that's driving it. It's all within their control. Yeah. When, uh, when companies maybe are dealing with stagnation without the proper diagnosis, what do you see them often doing to solve the problem? Um, and may or may not, I mean, if they get it, they're being lucky, but <laughs> oftentimes like leadership often says, well, we just need to do more of this, more ads or whatever it might be. When in fact, um, you know, again, generally it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, that's a great question. And what we find, and I found over the 18 years that I was turning around companies, they, they end up doing one of three things. They end up chasing revenue and they do that by maybe maybe they're underbidding on proposals that they're issuing to try to win business away from their competitors. Maybe they're trying to stretch beyond their core competency in terms of uh, products that they offer or customization that they might offer or regions that they might serve or the size of contracts that they might be trying to win. And they stretch outside of what their what their where their comfort zone is to try to to try to drive revenue, um, and in many cases it's not even profitable. It ends up not even being profitable. But if it is profitable, it can generate cash flow, which might help them a little bit to help them survive. But it's not creating any value. 
And in fact, it may be eroding value because it's taking their attention and resources away from the true value creating um, operations that they otherwise would focus on. The second thing they try to do very often is they want to be more profitable. So they start chopping and slashing costs. So they, and they go about that all the wrong way as well, because instead of finding efficiencies or really refining their business model and making it a more efficient operation, they start chopping and slashing what they consider to be um, non-customer facing cost centers in the company. So they might start cutting the back office costs. They might start cutting, say, their insurance coverage or their quality control program or their marketing uh, budget. They, They cut all these expenses thinking, well, if we can only get to be a little more profitable, maybe somebody will invest or maybe somebody will buy us. But what they don't realize is by cutting the wrong way, they're actually eroding the future value of the company. And it's very difficult to cut your way back into a growth mode. You have to refine your business model and find find out the real way to grow going forward and to create value. And the third thing they often think about doing is making an acquisition or merging with another company because they figure, well, if we can acquire somebody somehow, or if we can merge with somebody, we can eliminate all the duplicate costs in both companies and we can gain all these efficiencies. We'll be a much bigger, stronger, more profitable company. And again, what they don't realize is the complexities of making an acquisition or merging with another company. And I often counsel companies that have that idea that unless you have a really strong foundation already in your company, then it's a disaster in the waiting to try to make an acquisition or merge because not only will that acquisition fail, but it might drag what business you have, it might drag that down with it because you just can't absorb, you can't uh, assimilate another whole pressure point on top of a weak infrastructure. It's like building a, you know, a third floor on top of a house that has a, you know, that doesn't have a strong foundation. Yeah. Um, boy, I love the quote too. You, it's very difficult to cut your way into growth mode. <laughs> right. So yeah. So I think a lot of times though, it can be very challenging to know, okay, great. Where do we invest? Um, you know, ac- access to capital is fine. Um, especially if we can demonstrate obviously that, you know, Hey, if we really beef up this department and, you know, we, you know, train, I don't know, oftentimes I, I wonder, you know, uh, leadership development or training, how often that uh, is prescribed as one of the solutions. Maybe could you talk about that, about development, education, leadership, and that sort of thing, investing sure. into uh, the talent? Sure. Yeah. Well, we have in in our 50 categories, they roll up to be eight primary categories, primary functional categories of every company. And one of those eight, in fact, the first one is leadership. So it's actually, it's, it's leadership, planning, sales, marketing, people, operations, finance, and legal. Those are the eight primary categories. And yes, in fact, a lot of leadership teams People are wearing multiple hats and they may be very strong people individually, but they try to do too many things they, they, and, they, and they think they have all the resources they need and they maybe don't. 
And it depends on the stage of the company, whether the company is in a steady state stage or they're in a decline or they're in a hyper growth mode. The challenges of those three different stages, just those stages, are very different from each other. And unless you have a leadership team that has the knowledge and experience to manage the challenges, navigate through those challenges for the particular stage that the company is in, they will struggle in mm. helping the company through that process. We have comp- we have clients where some of the management teams, they're very good at uh, running a steady state company, but put them in hyper growth and they don't know, they don't just don't know how to manage it. They can't scale their systems and processes and people and facilities and equipment and all the things that go along with hyper growth, they, they don't know how to do it and they really struggle with it. Yeah. So we, but, but that's only one of, of all of the categories. And so we diagnose our, our, the software helps the management team to self-diagnose actually is how it works, but it's to help them self-diagnose the severity of their weaknesses in all of these categories. So we work, we, we have them work on the, the weakest areas first, bring those up to the level of the next weakest, and then work on the next next couple weakest until they bring those up to the, you know, the, the next level and so forth. And that's that's how we help them to sequence the allocation of their resources over time. So they're always alleviating the weakest part of their company first. And then mm. in terms of your point about um, you know. Kind of how, where do they go? How, where do they invest? How do they grow? It's amazing how many companies, I would say 95% of the companies I've met over the last 35 years have no strategic plan. They, their idea of a strategic plan is a budget for next year and some sales quotas. And they don't even do a full budget. Any, um, so they don't even do that part well. But a real strategic plan, and we have a we have a very robust, intensive uh, strategic planning process that we follow. We usually do the diagnostic first with the software that's called the value opportunity profile. That's the mm-hmm. diagnostic part, and then we move into the strategic planning process. So the the diagnostic part helps companies understand their current state of the company, and then the strategic planning process helps them to develop a future state, a very clear, crystal clear future state of what they co- what they want the company to be when it grows up, say in four or five years. And then we build a, a very detailed um, execution plan to get from the current state to the future state, and we help them stay on track. And these are this is a, a combined process that we've developed, we've perfected it over the last 11 years, and we now teach it to advisors all over the country and outside the country and license the software and the process and everything that we've developed, we license it to to them. So uh, rather than us touching the handful Mm -hmm. clients that we can touch, our mission is to create value. So we want to have this process that is so powerful. We want to have that help as many people as possible. So by licensing that out to hundreds of advisors around the country and around the world, yeah. uh, we can touch thousands of companies that way. 
Yeah. Is there maybe just a, uh, you know, if someone's maybe not quite ready, they're uh, not yet, you know, at the five, you know, at $5 million, they're still, you know, relatively small. Um, are, are there some principles that you would recommend for everyone to be a little bit more introspective to those growth indicators? Yeah, I mean, they, um, it, it's different for every company, but in those eight primary categories, they in each one of those they they sort of we break them down into subcategories but they they need to think about uh, their level of development and where they are in each one of those categories and subcategories and our our the version of the of the diagnostic that we have for the really small sub five million companies and that we have companies that are down in the you know one and two million dollar range that can quickly go through that. We, we even have a do-it-yourself version of it now. In fact, I'm going to offer uh, your listeners a, a free access to that do-it-yourself version for the, for the small companies. Even if they're larger companies, they can use that lighter version, that very uh, light version. It takes, might take them a couple hours to go through and do a self-diagnostic, but it will give them some great insights as to where their weak points are in their companies today. And uh, it may be weaknesses today that they feel like they want to live with or have to live with until they get a little bigger, but it will help them to sequence for the future as they grow where they should be allocating their resources first. Because that's one of the big problems. Business owners, they know they have all these areas that they want to invest in, but they don't know where to invest first they don't know how much to invest, what level of intensity to apply, and, and, and whether any of their investments will actually move the needle. So this is a guide that will give them that, that sort of roadmap that they need to do it effectively. Yeah. And and so when somebody goes to your website, Ken, uh, corporatevalue.net, uh, what would you recommend that they click on, look at, um, kind of start getting into your world? Yeah, they can look at the value opportunity profile. There's some descriptions in there. Um, they could they could always click on um, one of the calls to action to learn more or get more information. And we'd be happy to reach out and have a phone call or a Zoom call or whatever they whatever they prefer. There's no obligation. We're very we're a very educationally focused group. So we love to talk about this and help companies think through what their best approach might be. And we, we don't, we almost never, we're not selling, we don't sell things. We educate mm -hmm. and we want to help companies. And if there's something that we can help them with, we're always willing to do that and give them guidance. And if it's a, if we don't think it's a good fit for them, we, we tell them we might give them some alternative solutions to think about. And, and if we can help them, we'd love to help them. So, um, the best way would be, yes, check out the website, but the website is new. I will just caution everybody. So, um, Oh, your website's fine. I'm on it right yeah. now. <laughs> but we have a section that's, that's not yet up and up and running that is yeah. specifically for business owners. What you see there is all for advisors, but uh, uh, a section for business owners that is coming. Yeah. Yeah, terrific. Awesome. All right. Again, that's at corporatevalue.net. And Ken Sanginario, thank you so much. Again, you're the founder. Uh, thank you so much, Ken, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.